Welcome to the Next Level Business Podcast for entrepreneurs who are looking to take their business and wealth to the next level. We are back tonight. We have the SBA guru, Roy Bunting, and this is episode two. So the first week, we got a little backstory about what SBA is, how we go about doing it. And man, you really, I, I was in banking for a long time, and I, I said it then, SBA is, is this enigma that the other lenders don't want to deal with, and we don't know how to deal with it. They have these crazy uh, manuals about this thick called SOPs. And we never wanted to crack open that binder. <laughs> yeah, it was, it's like the junior guy gets it. You know, you know. Oh, you're new here. Take this. Yeah. Card. And yeah. and what I will tell you is, every lender will lie to you, and he will say, "Oh, I know everything there is to know about SBA." Yeah, we can do SBA loans, but at the end of the day, nobody knows anything about them. So it's very important you have somebody that is kind of an expert in the field. They're very hard to find. They're unicorns. I'll be honest. You're a unicorn, Roy. <laughs> Well, you're very kind. Thank you. But so, we had him back tonight. Endangered species. <laughs> we had him back tonight, and we're going to talk about deals, specific deals, because we want this to be relevant. We want it to be something that you guys feel like you can obtain. And in order to feel like you can obtain it, we got to talk through scenarios. So that's what we're going to talk about tonight. So, Roy, I don't know if you have a deal in the past that was unique or complex, but go ahead. Shoot one at us. Uh, uh, sure. Real quick, Roy, uh, go ahead and just give everybody just a little recap uh, of uh, who you are and what you do uh, just for our new user, new listeners and uh, new watchers that are tuning in. Uh, okay. Um, first of all, I want to apologize for my voice a little bit. I, I have what we used to call gig throat, uh, you know, uh, back in the days when we were, uh, you know, playing, you know, music on stage. Uh, I think it's a combination of the Saharan dust and the, you know, 100 plus degrees. But uh, bear with me, if you would. Um, uh, yeah, my background uh, is in SBA and commercial finance. Uh, I've got uh, 15 plus years experience doing that. Uh, I've also uh, got 15 plus years as a, an entrepreneur business owner myself, own a, a tech company. Uh, we did about $50 million in um, government contracts through that company. So I've been on both sides of the table. Uh, and uh, I've also worked extensively in the SBA program, really throughout the entire loan origination process, which is kind of like everything from, you know, marketing, finding, you know, leads to all the way through the process uh, to closing and funding. And um, so, you know, um, you know, it's kind of a, a, a unicorn's experience in that, uh, you know, uh, a lot of people have heavy concentrations on either side. But uh, I, I feel like I understand both sides and, and uh, am, uh, you know, a good intermediary in a lot of those cases. Um, and um, my company is called FinPack.biz. And um, a lot of the information we'll be giving out today, we may, we may gloss over. You can always go back to our website check some of the stuff, you know, eligibility, whatever it might be. 
um, and uh, have a way to contact us there. But, um, you know, I know there's a lot of interest recently in SBA. You know, SBA has been in the news a lot uh, with the IDLE program, the PPP, stuff like that. You know, the, the, um, when people normally talk about 7A, uh, talk about SBA, they talk about the 7A loan program. And so, uh, you know, that's, that's what we'll concentrate on more than anything today. Um, and the 7A loan program is really pretty basic. It, you know, there's a lender that, that's not the SBA, it's a bank or a non-bank lender, and SBA provides a guarantee to shore up a credit that's not really quite ready to be uh, on a direct commercial basis with a lender. It's kind of like having a co-signer, you know, like when you're, you know, just starting out, maybe your one of your parents will co-sign a, you know, car for you or something. It's giving the lender that additional uh, security uh, that a loan's going to get done. And what that means with this, with a 7A loan, typically it's a 75% guarantee. And, and so if, uh, if the loan does go into default, uh, the collateral is liquidated and then any balance, any, any deficit balance that's left will be covered 75% by the government. So yeah. that's, that's the basic idea. Yeah. And I just want to interject there. That's the interesting point that nobody really knows what SBA is. SBA does not fund deals. The bank funds the deal. The bank decides if they want to do the deal or not. And if the bank doesn't want to do the deal, the deal doesn't get done. Sure. But the SBA is there uh, as a backstop. And what they do, again, they don't fund it. The bank funds it. But then the SBA gives a guarantee of 75% in the event of a loss. So right. just to clarify that for everybody out there. And they also produce those really great manuals you were talking about. So, uh, so they, they do set all the rules. They have all that stuff in place. But the but they do very little of the actual loan processing work. That's done by the lenders. And lenders are, are given de uh, delegated authority by SBA to make decisions on their behalf. And so typically you're working with a lender. Once they decide to do it, they're making the decision, uh, you know, along the SBA rules, and uh, they then can make the decision unilaterally. And sometimes, you know, during the servicing of the loan, they'll have to go back and and uh, advise or you know get uh, approval from SBA on on a few things. But typically, SBA is not very involved in the transaction. And uh, then you also have people like me who will be involved with a borrower. Uh, before they get to the to the lender, uh, on one side, you know, I'll work with borrowers to make sure that their their package is polished, uh, comprehensive. Uh, you're really putting your best foot forward. And then on the other side, I work with lenders to make sure uh, that they've got the in-house subject matter expertise uh, to make SBA loans properly, to make sure that uh, the the borrowers are eligible for the program. And that all the information that is supposed to be compiled is being compiled properly. All right, you ready to talk about a deal? Uh, sure. You know, we've got a, a few we could talk about, and, and we could take them in no particular order. Um, you know, I mean, there the the reasons that you would take out an SBA loan would be for uh, the acquisition of uh, land and building, or or building a new uh, building, uh, buying equipment. Um, Working capital, um, purchasing a company, um, you know, uh, you can roll in your startup costs and your closing costs and things like that. 
uh, you know, business acquisitions. I don't know if I mentioned that. So, um, you know, you've got those reasons. So really, those are kind of, you know, any of those are are ones we could talk about. If you want to talk about just like a a regular, you know, run of the mill type of deal. Let's let's take one for example. That's a daycare center. Um, a group approached me. They wanted to open a daycare center. Uh, the project uh, was about uh, four and a half million dollars, um, and they wanted to buy land, build a building, start a business, and go from there. So um, you know, basically, you know, uh, for a new business, SBA has a requirement that you have to have at least a 10% down payment from a, from a new borrower. Um, now, typically, um, when you look at that in terms of um, a credit, you know, perspective, we didn't really get into those credit, it, you know, elements that, that a lender will look at. But if you look at it just purely from an equity perspective, if you're talking about the entire project and 10% of it's brought in by the owners, that means 90% is brought in by the bank to fill out the rest of the budget. And so when you look at that on a balance sheet, you're seeing 10% equity, you know, a 90% debt. You have a nine to one debt to worth ratio. And that's much higher than a bank is typically comfortable with. So a lot of the banks that I work with, while that 10% guideline is out there, I think a more realistic guideline is probably 15% where you've got a little over five to one debt to worth, most, most lenders are going to be a lot more comfortable there. Um, so anyway, um, you know, this particular deal I'm talking about now, the, the borrowers did come in with 15%. Um, there was one primary owner uh, who owned 75% of the deal, and uh, they raised uh, with some investor type sort of, um, you know, not going to be involved, just kind of silent partners. Um, they they went out and raised some money among some people that they knew. And SBA was fine with that? They're fine with that. Um, SBA does not require the guarantee of anyone who, unless they own 20% or more of the business. That's so a very good some, point right there. Yeah. So you can bring someone in if they're under 20% and they're not seen as a key employee. You can bring them in. And um, so for a lot of people who are thinking, oh, I, I want to get started on this thing, but you know, that's a lot of money to raise myself. You can bring that in that way. Another way that people also will find a way to uh, to bring money in is uh, through gifts. They can get a gift from a family member or a friend. And as long as that money isn't paid back during the, the time of the loan, it can be considered equity. So that's another way that, that people will get there. Uh, and uh, another way, not necessarily on this particular deal, uh, it, uh, I've seen it on a couple of restaurant deals, for example, or um, a place where someone's going into a leasehold, you know, a, a, re- a retail store or a restaurant, and they're going to have to finish out the property. And uh, a lot of times the landlord will participate and they'll provide part. And we've been able to get that uh, as uh, as an acceptable uh, equity uh uh, contribution, if you will, and so uh, struggle getting restaurants done. It's got to well, be hard. Yeah, they're always hard, uh, and, uh, and of course, now this year, um, you know, everything is a little bit less certain. You know, even the things that lenders felt like they knew and understood, 
you know, all bets are off to an extent at this point. I, I will say I will say this when 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 I was at uh, the bank that I was at for you know ten plus years, we probably had I'd say ten different restaurants come in there. We denied every single one of them except a Buffalo Wings franchisee. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's the only guy that we approved. Everybody else. Uh, well, well I, I hear you. Um, well, you know, I mean, you know, obviously, restaurant. You know, sometimes those concepts are a little bit tough. You don't really know if it's going to work. Um, uh, the other thing is. A lot of times, you know, you might have kitchen equipment and stuff like that. That That's not the strongest collateral to have. And you're going to have a lot of that leasehold finish out, which is really, you know, very low value in terms of liquidation. Um, so there's really not a lot of collateral on a restaurant. Um, and so really, um, you know, while they're tough to do, SBA is one of the really only vehicles. That you it's might the only have. game in town. Uh, yeah. And um, so, you know, uh, one one deal I recently that's, uh, you know, that's that's in construction right now. Um, yeah, that we, it was a combination of all of the above. It was uh, money coming in from the owner. It was uh, money uh, being gifted from family. And it was also a landlord contributing a significant amount to the project. So, uh, you know, kind of took a village. But, uh, you know, it was a one point two million dollar project. And, uh, you know, uh, the, the loan ends up being somewhere about 833000 I think it turned out to be, once uh, all the other money went in. So that's how the bank got comfortable. So on your daycare center, you said it was $4.5 million. They did 15% down, which right. is $675,000 injection. And right. you said that was raised through a variety of investors. Right. It was, it was you know, it was done pro rata. So, uh, you know, the, the main uh, owner who was the, uh, you know, the driving force of the transaction, uh, you know, they had the bulk, the bulk of the money. But, uh, you know, they were able to bring some other people in. Another thing that was helpful on that particular deal is that, um, you know, the, the main owner, uh, they had good business experience in other areas, but they didn't have it in the industry. And one of the pluses they were able to, to bring, uh, one of the minorities was able to add value um, because they had experience in the industry. So, um, so one of the things, especially when you're a new, you're starting a new company, one of the things that's important is to really be able to demonstrate that management uh, expertise um, in the industry, hopefully, um, that, that you're, you know, that the loan will be going toward. Uh, if nothing else, you know, show the key elements that uh, you know, are going to be needed. Uh, you know, to run that. Uh, we, know, we know how to do marketing that's required for this or, you know, bookkeeping or whatever it might be. Yeah. And I, w- I would throw in there, SBA is, is is a lot different because on the banking side, really, the only thing they ever really want to do is commercial real estate. So uh, when you get on the SBA side, you really do have to bring to the table this management exper- expertise, this experience yeah. to the table. It really helps out a lot on getting these things over the line. Well, it really does. And, um, you know, I mean, you know, we, we alluded earlier a little bit to kind of the key areas that a bank's can look at. And, you know, management, business plan, projections, you know, the more solid that kind of stuff is, you know, it, it really can give a lot of comfort level because at the end of the day, there's a degree of speculation when you're talking about a new company or a company that, that's not quite bankable. You know, are these guys going to be able to get to that point? You know, have they done it in the past? 
it's a new concept. You know, will they be able to attract the customers they expect? Let me you know, one of my old mentors used to say, everything costs twice as much and it takes twice as long. So, you know, I mean, you, you know, those are the sorts of things that when we start to stress test, you know, the concept that you write down in your business plan, you know, can you make it through? Can you keep things moving? And when, when the lender has a good feel for the character and uh, the breadth of experience of the management, you know, that will carry them. And, you know, that, that's an, it, it's an intangible, but it's, it, it's, it's definitely very helpful. Here, here, here's a question for you. Is it easier for you to get deals done on a pre-existing business that someone is buying it out in the form of an acquisition or is it easier to get a startup done? Um, well, I would, I would probably say that, that buying an existing business um, has its advantages because you've got a track record that you can point to. And I, I think probably the most consistent um, leading indicator of, is, of a business being successful is the kind of cash flow it's historically been able to generate. So, um, you know, I, I think just, you know, if I had to pick one thing, you know, pointing to a company having cash flow to, to service the proposed debt, uh, you know, that would be it. And um, now the thing, though, however, Shane, is that, you know, sometimes, you know, you're talking about a, a high purchase price or you're talking about, you know, there's not a lot of hard collateral. And so, you know, I mean, if it's all things being equal, um, then, yeah, OK, you know, but, you know, you, if you're talking about, you know, starting a, a, a business that, that, you know, and you're buying a piece of real estate with it or, you know, something like that you know, that might be an easier deal to get done because of the collateral. So your daycare center, was that easier to get done because it did have the building to go with it? Well, there's there's no doubt that when you have hard collateral, that's an easier deal to get done because uh, it's more predictive in terms of uh, what kind of collateral will be there at the end. Because, you know, we talked about the fact that there's a 75% guarantee and that's great. Well, of course, Lenders have to make sure that they do everything right so that guarantee gets honored if, if they ever try to get it, you know. Right. Uh, but presuming they do, you know, if, if you have a million dollars, um, you know, of uh, collateral shortfall, you do a million dollar deal with no collateral, let's say, you know, effectively no collateral. All right. Well, that's a $750,000 guarantee. Well, that's a lot. That's great. It's also a $250,000 unsecured loan. You know, so how strong is the borrower? I mean, you know, how many people would you loan $250,000, you know, to straight up? Yeah. Like in, that, in that deal that you're doing, what was the real estate worth? Um, well, that's one of the things is that, um, you know, we, we put a budget together and, you know, the purchase price of the, of the land, the construction, contingency, uh, soft costs like engineering and things like that, startup costs, all of the budget. We put the whole thing in, and then the the uh, the, the as completed project is going to have to appraise oh, for okay. that budget. I so, um, uh, you know, um, maybe you can carve out like equipment or something like that, and at least it's going to have to be covering the costs of the land, the costs of the construction, and the construction related costs. So, you so, said, yeah. so what they'll do, Josh, is, um, you know, they'll they'll look at the plans and the appraiser will do it. If you build it like this, 
here's what the value will be, as opposed to looking at an existing property and giving you a value. But it's sometimes there too, you know, you might buy an existing building and then renovate it. And then, you know, so you would do the same thing. You'd have a construction bid, you know, and then uh, they would look at it and say, okay, with these improvements, this is going to be the value of the property. So now, earlier, go ahead, Josh. Okay. Earlier you mentioned, uh, you said the landlord was uh, putting money into the deal. Right. Can you explain more about that. Uh, sure. Um, you know, there are uh, times the landlord is motivated to, um, uh, to get people into their space. And so and they're willing to. And they're willing to pay for the What is your definition of the landlord? The, the person that owns the land? Uh, the building owner. Um, let, like, we'll, we'll go back to this restaurant. Um, this particular restaurant was moving into a building that had been there for a while, mm. but, um, you know, was just having a, a, a total new overhaul. Um, by uh, by the people who owned it. So, um, you know, they were really trying to kind of hit the ground running and uh, this restaurant was going to be a major tenant for that. So as such, the, the building owner was willing to put in some of the cost of what it was going to take to finish out the restaurant. Oh, okay. And so, uh, you know, they put in $120,000 of the construction budget. And uh, because it paid down the loan, you know, we were able to, um, uh, you know, keep that out of the debt to worth ratio and really just look at the net loan amount compared to the money that was put in by the borrowers. So they ended up with an $800,000 loan and $200,000 of their own money had been put in. So their, their debt to worth was around four to one. And, uh, you know, that, that brought down the, um, uh, you know, the exposure to an acceptable level for the, for the lender. So around five to one, under five to one is where they want to see it. Yeah, I would say I would say so. Yeah. Now, uh, now a lot of times, you know, an existing customer, and you know, Shane and I are working with the, the folks we're working with. Uh, we're on a call on earlier today. Um, they've been in business for a, a long time, and they've got a lot of equity already built up. And what they're looking to do right now is is get a bigger line of credit, and they're looking to uh, refinance uh, some equipment that they have on existing loans. Well, one of the great things about SBA is that it will allow a 10-year term on equipment. And in fact, you know, longer if, if it has a longer useful life. But uh, the 10 years, uh, and 10 years also on working capital and, and stuff like that. So um, you, can get, you can get much lower payments just by virtue of the fact that you have a longer term with an SBA loan. The other thing with a, with a bank uh, direct loan is the bank will also, even though they might have a longer amortization, they'll have balloon payments every once in a while and they'll you know keep reviewing the deal and you got to kind of keep coming back to it, redoing it, paying more fees and all that. And that's not the case with SBA. So um, in this particular case, um, the, the borrower already has a, a two to one, you know, uh, or better than two to one debt to worth ratio. They don't have to put any money into the deal. So, and you know, uh, an existing business doesn't have to uh, necessarily contribute down payment. So I, I've even seen it where, you know, opening a second location, there's already existing equity. They don't need to bring money in. So, you know, there's more flexibility as you move down, down the line. Thank you. Hey, so on that deal right there, just to clarify with everybody, so the, the one that you and I are trying to uh, get done now, it's refinancing equipment. That's going to be on an 
on a seven a correct. Yeah. And then the line of credit, what, what do you call that particular loan inside the SBA world? Well, uh, that's also in the seven a program, but it's, it's, it's an SBA express loan. And um, it's a, it's a slightly different variant. Um, it, it's, it's a program that actually allows the lender to do its own uh, its own real version of underwriting and use its own documentation. It still has to follow the SBA rules, but um, a, a lot of times lenders are comfortable doing that, and uh, you know they're less comfortable maybe with some of the stuff that uh, that you know a regular seven A might bring. Now the guarantee is only fifty percent, but um, a lot of a lot of banks will do lines of credit under that. And again, they can do that same sort of like 10 year loan term. And what they'll do is they'll have an advance period for the first half of the loan, and then they'll term out the principal at that point for the remainder of the loan. So the first five years, the, the borrowers will use it as a regular line of credit. And then they'll kind of at that point uh, determine, well, how much is this really a permanent working capital need? And then they'll term that out at that point. Yeah. So what's cool about that loan is we were on the call today and he said that that uh, line of credit could potentially be a 10 year loan. And that's that's a huge thing for a business owner, because most lines of credit are year over year. They're 12 right. months. They're interest only. But what happens at the end of the year is that bank scrutinizes you really difficult. They want to see everything about you. If you don't use that line correctly, they will terminate the line and they will put that 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 money that is owed on a term loan, which could put your business in a bind. So if you have a bad year, I can almost say with about 85% certainty that your line of credit is going to be shut off. And what's and, uh, about this is it is a 10-year loan. Sure. And uh, and again, you know, I talked about the fees, you know, they, they, they don't continually hit you up every year with all that. So, so yeah, there's, there's definitely some security in knowing that that's the way things are set up. So what should, what should business owners do right now, as far as taking advantage of what the SBA is doing? Should, should we look at like, okay, refinancing any high interest loans we got, take out a line of credit, uh, you know, and have that available for us? Well, one big thing that's happening right now, Josh, is, uh, SBA, because of, uh, you know, legislation that was uh, passed with the CARES Act, SBA is actually making six payments uh, on behalf of borrowers if they're getting their loans completed by, by the end of September. Now, you know, that sounds like it's far off, but it's really not. You know, you really, you really need to get in gear if you want to get that done, get that in place. Okay. But, um, if we start tomorrow? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, I'm call you again. Uh, well, knock yourself out. We're ready. You know, uh, uh, your operators are standing by. Right? <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, but that, that's the deal. Is that um, you know, it's it's also not a, it's not uh, you know a moratorium. They're they're not deferring the payments. They're making the payments. So you know, instead of ten years worth 120 principal payments, you know, you're making 114. So, you know, that's a plus. Not to mention, you know, it's it's helpful cash flow right now. And, uh, you know, SBA requires that, uh, you know, any refinance that gets done provides at least a 10 percent uh, reduction in um, loan payments. Uh, typically, it's a lot more than that because a 10 year term is, it, it, you know, really, really helps. So I have a loan right now for about 80,000 
that's at 20%. I'm paying almost 5,000 a month on it. So that's what. Yeah. Well, right now, you know, SBA's uh, interest rate is 6%. Yep. And, uh, you know, putting that on 10 years would make a big difference. So that would pass the first uh, qualifier. Yeah. That's great. All right. Now, now, of course, you know, I mean, refinancing, uh, it's not anything we're going to go into right now, all the different requirements, but, um, you know, you, you, you got to go through the steps and, you know, if it was done in the owner's name and stuff like that, uh, you know, there's documentation we, we got to go through, but again, best way to do that is just to, you know, talk through it with, uh, you know, an expert and figure it out. All right. So I've got a deal. I want to run past you, Roy. Knock yourself out. It's, it's for me personally. Uh, okay. We won't name names of the business that I want to buy, but. I want to throw out some details and tell me how we can make this thing work. Okay. All right. So uh, we, we've got, let's say a purchase price of a million dollars and we are going to, uh, let me take that back. We're going to buy 75% of the company, not a hundred. And it's going to be 750,000. So valuation, but 75% of that is 750 grand. We're going to put 250,000 down. And so that leaves a balance of 500000 that we would like to put on an SBA loan if it's possible. And we would love to put, we'd love to get about 300000 additional in working capital. Okay. Well, um, uh, most of what you're saying, it sounds, uh, sounds doable to start with. Um, one of the concerns, and I always, I always go back and check the SOP just to make sure up front. But um, when you're making a purchase, you've got to you've got to buy out. Um, you've got to do the buyout properly. Would you be buying out uh, any of a particular owner in their entirety, or would you be buying out um, a portion of of some? Would, would would the person you're buying the interest from? It's it's a solo. One guy. Okay. One guy owns the whole thing. Well, the problem, the problem there is that um, um, SBA is not set up to, um, uh, for, the, for proceeds to go to an owner to pay them back, uh, to you know, pay a loan that they made to the company back, to um, you know, give them some sort of uh, you know, advance or something like that. Um, so in this particular case, you'd have to buy them out 100%. Okay, so you can't do a partial buyout. Not you might be able to if there was like a seventy-five percent owner and a twenty-five percent owner. You might be able to buy out the seventy-five percent owner. Okay, but I was reading. Uh, I was just reading and read it over like earlier today, and it, it just kept saying. It just kept saying you got to end up with a hundred percent, and um, that's not how I remembered it. And uh, I thought I had also had some conversations with SBA a while back. Um, but, yeah, no, you, you, you definitely can't buy the partial interest of one of the owners and, and have them remain as an active owner in the company. So that would have to get worked out. Okay, so let's say we can work that out. Here, here's the second layer of complexity to this. So he has got, let's say, uh, loans of... million. Okay. A building 
a building is part of the acquisition. So a building is worth, let's say, 750000 out of that 2.2, and then the remainder is equipment. Does, does SBA, would they let us do the buyout without paying off that equipment? Okay, well, um, if you're – are you not – will you need the equipment in business? Yes. Do they, um, do they want the equipment? Well, um, well, you know, I'm, I'm glad – you know, these are interesting uh, ones to bring up. Um, I mean, you know, ideally I think um, – you know, I, I think that, that buildings and equipment are good collateral to have. And so, um, you know, they're encouraged to be in the loan. But, you know, if if the seller is maybe going to, you know, uh, keep that uh, and then, uh, you know, lease it to you or something like that, uh, you know, that may be a better way to go for you guys. But would SBA allow that? Um, I, I think they would. Um, I, I would want to check it, like I said, but, you know, I think that's possible. Okay, let, let's throw another scenario out there. What if we just did a $3.2 million all-in acquisition where we get a building that's worth seven fifty? dollars We get the equipment is probably worth by itself close to $3 million. Yeah, I mean, th that is a more common scenario. Uh, you know, we see that a lot more I'm sorry? Would that be an easier deal to get done if we structured it like that? Well, like I said, that, that's what we more commonly will see. Now, where you may run into some issues is, um, you know, obviously the sale price goes up, uh, you know, so does the down payment. And um, now in a, in a scenario like you're describing here, um, it's definitely going to be at least a 10%, um, you know, down payment requirement. Because when you have a company that's being bought out, SBA considers that a new company because the management is new. The business isn't new, but the management is. So they're going to look for at least that 10% and, you know, uh, preferably more. But um, the seller also, if they're willing to be cooperative, they could provide some of that uh, on, a, on a, a loan, you know, a note themselves that they, that they would allow to be a standby note during the SBA loan term. So, you know, there, there are some opportunities to get creative that way as well. So could we do, could we do like a, uh, does, does the seven, a offer the 25 year loan or is that only on the five Oh four? No, it, uh, it, it does offer the 25 year loan. Uh, in fact, uh, if you're looking at something like this, um, you know, the, if if fifty percent or more of it is being used for a twenty five year purpose, like a, a building, you could put the entire thing on twenty five years. So that would allow you, even with working capital, to have that stretched over that period of time. If if you had that, if not, then we would blend it, and we would come in with something like a sixteen year loan or something like that, depending on how how the uh, loan structure. That would, that would that would be amazing. I mean, if we could do the whole thing, let's say a $3.2 million loan, we put 10% down. That'd be 320 on 3.2. Roughly, you're financing about 2.85, roughly somewhere in there. Let's say 2.9 rolling in fees 
on a 16 year blended loan all in, man, I'd do that all day. Let's get started tomorrow, Roy. All right, let's do it. <laughs> Gonna be a busy day tomorrow, Roy. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if we get six months no payments. Sure. We might truly be calling you tomorrow, Roy. <laughs> you know That's something like anybody listening, you need to jump on this thing. This is kind of a one. You probably have never seen this before, right, Roy? No, it's not. We'll never see it again. And so if there is something you guys want to do, now is the time to do it. With all the uncertainty, you might be able to get a great deal on what you're buying. You're definitely going to get a great deal on the finance side with somebody ch- chipping in, you know, six months of payment. So. <laughs> It's it's a it's a win all the way around. We love that. Yeah, it's really something. And and actually, companies that already had SBA loans were getting you know some similar um, you know help from SBA. So it's uh, SBA's really been chipping in to try to help out um, you know small businesses. So. They really they really have. They're good in my book, no matter what, <laughs> you know, what they say. Yeah, they're, they're, uh, I did have existing SBA, and uh, I mean it was just a one email to the banker and. He's like, yeah, they're going to cover it. You know, didn't have to sign anything. No paperwork. Didn't take 18 weeks to get done. Can't complain about that. Hey, well, I'm glad that was your experience. <laughs> do, do you have one more quick deal that you can share with us and talk about? Um, yeah, sure. Um, well, you know, since you're talking about business acquisitions, uh, there was another one that uh, came to mind. And, uh, you know, it could be relevant to the, the deal that you brought up, Shane. Um, you know, when you have uh, a business acquisition, you have to do a, uh, a business valuation. And uh, a lot of times uh, we're finding that, um, you know, the value of the real estate, the value of the equipment, uh, you know, is this much. And the purchase price is, you know, this much. You've got goodwill. You've got extra amounts. Um, I, I worked on a car wash a couple of years ago. That had uh, uh, it was a seven point two million dollar, I think all all told um, deal, and uh, you know there was two million plus uh, that was uh, blue sky that was goodwill, but SBA was still able to get there and do that. Um, you know, wow. so um, how so, did you structure that one, Roy? You had well, seven point two million dollar car wash, right? Well, one of the things, you know, we were able to get 20% from the borrowers, so that was helpful. Okay, 20% down. Well, one of the reasons we did that, though, is that the 7A loan program, the maximum loan size is $5 million, and it was a $5 million loan. So we had to get them to pay down at that point. Okay, so they had to put in, they essentially had to put in $2.2 million to come down to the $5 million figure. Yeah. Which is well above 20%. So how did they... How'd they raise that? Uh, you know, they had it. They just had it. Yeah, that's nice. Good, good problem. See, yeah, where do I put my two 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 point two million dollars? Well, I, you know, maybe I'll buy this business. Yeah. Was this one of those five minute car wash or five dollar car washes where they you, you get your car zapped in and? Uh, it's a pretty good. Back. It's a pretty nice car wash. Um, but um, uh, but that was that was the main trick with that one. But the, the big part about that was there was so much goodwill. But um, being that the borrowers put enough down, it limited the uh, exposure to a point where, you know, 
uh, I think we used that example earlier of you know 250 or I think I think the bank's exposure got to be you know 350 or something, and you know for borrowers who could put in two million, you know uh, they were willing to to take that. What? But um, that's one of the things to keep in mind is that you know business valuation is going to have to be part of it, and um, you know again m- maybe that's that's a place you could uh, find some wiggle room in terms of how you structure a loan. So what point should the to the evaluation be done prior to approaching the bank during the process or? Well, um, the the borrower is going to have to pay for it, for one. Um, but at the same time, the lender is going to have to order it. They're going to have to be okay with the appraiser. Okay. So um, it usually makes sense to do that after the loan is approved by the lender. Okay. And we're really, you know, kind of getting fully into the closing process. Um, but um, we sometimes, you know, if we're trying to do things, you know, uh, at the, you know, instead of sequentially, we're trying to do them parallel to get to the finish line. Um, you know, we can we can move things up a little faster than that. So you know, on that deal, Roy, did were they able to get a twenty five year loan on that five million? Or yeah, they sure were. Did they have any other loans or was it just one loan, 5 million, 25 year am? That was it. That's beautiful. Yeah, it was. Yeah. That's good. So all that equipment, you know, because obviously it's not just a building, it's the equipment, it's, you know, it's the, the car wash equipment, that sort of thing, the bays, all the vacuum equipment, all that stuff. All of that was swept in on a 25 year note. That's correct. Beautiful. And this was already operating business, right? Yes. And uh, obviously, uh, to, you know, to cover that size of a loan, you know, it was obviously doing a, a good revenue, good, good uh, profit. And it continues to be a, a good deal, despite, uh, you know, the additional, uh, you know, I wouldn't say premium, but, uh, you know, the amount that was paid for the car wash. Now, the reason that they qualified for that particular one uh, for 25 years was because it had the real estate. Yeah, um, uh, the term of the loan is based on the assets that are securing it, oh, okay. and and the and the uh, useful life of those assets. Oh, okay. So on land and building, that's going to be twenty five years. Equipment is often ten years, but a lot of times uh, equipment can be longer. Uh, you know, if there's a longer useful life. I mean, some construction equipment or whatever. You know, th- these things can last longer than that. Um, but uh, for working capital and stuff like that, you know, and short-term assets, you know, the, the shorter term the asset, the shorter the term of loan it can support. But again, um, you know, the, the if more than 50% is being used to purchase a long-term 25-year asset, then, um, you know, you can, uh, you can get a, a longer term for the whole deal. And, you know, the, the longer-term stuff is typically the more expensive stuff. So you've got more going toward the real estate than you're going to need, for, you know, additional working capital or a little extra equipment. Okay. Well, Roy, we appreciate your time. Sure. Thank you, guys. I, it, this is always fun for me. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, Roy and I were talking today. One of the reasons, you you know, Roy gets paid, you know, let's say a lot of money for his time and his expertise, but he's willing to do this for free with us just because, he wants to give back, you know, and him and I were talking about that on the phone today of just that that's our heart's mission, you know, is to give back and to help as many people as we can. And I just love that about you. And I appreciate you coming on, man. 
Well, thanks. Uh, yeah, and I, I definitely believe that. Um, you know, like I said, I, I, I was on the other side of the table and with somebody with, with my experience, you know, the challenge that I had even trying to get an SBA loan, <laughs> you know, it shouldn't have to be that difficult. And uh, I think another thing we saw this year is how undercapitalized uh, businesses are. You know, people have, have not carried the level of working capital, uh, you know, that, you know, they needed this year. You know, this was unusual. But, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, U.S. businesses just need more capital. And, uh, you know, uh, I'd like to do everything I can to kind of right the, the wrong, uh, you know, that I had to live through, you know, to, uh, to you know, because, you know, uh, it's so difficult and consuming when, when you're, you're, constantly chasing, you know, trying to pay the bills and stuff like that, you know, you can't do the kind of stuff that you want to be an entrepreneur to do, you know, uh, make a difference in the world, however you want to do that. So. Well, we're going to, we're going to put your name and your phone number and your website on our mastermind group. And we want any of you guys to reach out to Roy. And uh, he is without a doubt, the man that you need for an SBA. And you're, you're my new guy, Roy. I'll be honest Great. with you. Well, I'm, uh, I'll, uh, I'll be ready to go. Uh, I'll be sitting by the phone waiting for your call on that deal that you want to talk about. I'm going to call you tomorrow. I'm not even All joking. Right. A busy day. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, again, I, I enjoyed it. And uh, anytime anyone needs help, I'm, I'm here to help. All right. Thanks again, Roy. Take care. Bye. Bye. Any, any parting words there, JP? Oh, man, that was great. So uh, that was episode 11 with Roy. If you guys want um, more uh, details on Roy, you got to join the group. You got to join the group. So if you guys listen on the podcast, YouTubes, all that stuff, nlmastermind.com. Right now, the pricing is at $1,200 a year. You can get locked in, get that annual price, get access to people like Roy and a bunch of other businesses. And many more many more business expertise. Can- expertise guys coming down the road all right next level business podcast coming at you live we'll be signing off thanks for tuning in see you next time guys